When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. On this episode, we start with a seemingly simple question. Is Ohio State football coach Ryan Day on the hot seat? He's had success, but not against Michigan lately. Sometimes that's all that matters. That conversation leads to the recent recruiting battles between the programs. Has Michigan held its own? We discuss that and more on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be talking with you here late morning on Thursday, July 6th. Um, and for the for the second time kind of recently, I'm going to start the podcast talking about a Mets baseball game because once again, they faced a former Wolverine on the mound. Uh, the last time it was it was Rich Hill, who was a you know, 2002 draft pick. This was a much more recent pick. Tommy Henry in 2019 was on the mound for the Diamondbacks. Um, he entered the game. I mean, they were the Diamondbacks were 10 and two in his starts, um, and it sure looked like they were about to improve to 11 and two. Uh, Henry threw six innings uh, of scoreless ball, two hits, four walks. Um, in fact, the Mets didn't score a run uh, against any of the Diamondbacks pitchers for eight and two thirds innings down to their final strike. In fact, uh, where they hit a game tying home run in the ninth to make it one one uh, a single and a triple put them ahead two one and they won. Uh, but even so, Henry's uh, Henry's ERA dropped to 3.75. He's 5-1 and one, uh, for the first place in the National League West Arizona Diamondbacks. So good for Tommy Henry. And Tommy Hen- Henry winning me some money yesterday at Diamondbacks plus one and a half. So bad, impressive, impressive uh, start to his MLB career for Tommy Henry. I mean, it doesn't look like he's striking out a bunch of guys, but um, he's getting the job done for a really surprising Diamondbacks team that's in first place yeah i may or may not have had money on the diamondbacks to win so i'm not i'm a little salty on that one hey guys <laughs> i feel like i bring up any game and there's there there'll be there'd be some action on it um yeah they, they mentioned henry it's like six point something you know strikeouts per nine which in you know 2023 is a, a very low number too too many walks last night probably for him but still uh you know held held the Mets scoreless during his time in the game and um yeah he's not technically a rookie because he you know he did come up last year so he's not eligible for that but this is you know this is his first full season and he's 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 doing well so yeah but uh i don't know we haven't talked since you know the fourth of july weekend how was your your guys' uh holiday weekend sort of weekend weird with it on a tuesday but you know uh went up north for a few days enjoyed uh torch lake went to mackinac island for the first time in probably like 20 years Ooh. nice 
and it's just as hot and just as miserable as I remember it. <laughs> that that perfect combination oh, of uh, of fudge and horse manure really uh, provides a nice aroma. Did you tell your 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 wife that you were having a miserable time? Yeah, I think we all were. It was just hot. Like the temperature gauge says it's like seventy two, and it feels like it's eighty five just because the sun is pounding on the island and people everywhere and you know kids everywhere and it's you know probably not the best time to visit fourth of july weekend uh, nonetheless i got my mackinac island trip in i probably won't be back for a long time yeah well I, I was by my laptop a lot because as we know it's always a big holiday for recruiting and there was some recruiting news we'll get into a little bit but got to play uh oakland hills on on the fourth of july so that was kind of a, a big win there um, for a holiday. So overall, not bad, but yeah, it was very hot out there as well. I probably consumed, I don't even know how many bottles of water and Gatorade just to try and stay hydrated, but yeah, not a, not a bad holiday weekend. That's funny. I went, you know, even further North up to the UP and, uh, absolutely freezing, uh, at least at night at, at times. No um, way. Yeah. Full like winter jacket, essentially, um, <laughs> you know, sitting around the, the fire. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting, but then during the day, yeah, nice enough. Uh, of course, I took a uh, took a uh, softball off the bat to my uh, right ankle, you know, on the first day of the trip. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gunning through this podcast here, sitting sitting without my leg elevated. So doing anything for the pot, anything for the pot. pot. And we asked how your ankle got hit with the baseball bat. Yeah, foolishly, basically pitching batting practice. Um, just really, you know, regrettable decision. And of course, it was like the last one. He's like, all right, last one, and it just right back at me mm. uh, yeah Mm-mm-mm. it was uh truly a softball size lump immediately <laughs> it was absolutely disgusting it's come down a bit since but uh still hobbling around out here but um we'll see we'll see continued updates on the on the pod um all right listen we said we were going to talk ryan day uh the ohio state football coach and whether he is in fact on the hot seat uh as we as we enter the 2023 season Let's let's just give a little background before we get into it here. Uh, he, he was credited with three wins during the 2018 season when Urban Meyer was suspended. Uh, he took over the next year for good, uh, went 13 and 0 before losing to to Clemson in the playoff semifinals. Uh, the COVID shortened 2020. He, Ohio State didn't lose until the national championship. Uh, 11 and 2 and a Rose Bowl victory in 2021. Uh, 11 and 1 in a playoff appearance last year. Uh, that's 45 and six overall with just two Big Ten losses. But those two losses are, of course, to Michigan the last two years. And so I ask, and I'll start with you, Aaron, is Ryan Day on the hot seat? I'm not ready to go there. And, and I think most folks, most of the reporters on the Ohio State beat would say the same thing. And I've had conversations with, with some of them in the last six months, and they, they all say no. And I think that's based on obviously conversations behind the scenes with the, the athletic department there, Ohio State and everything else. Um, but I, I do get the sense that Ohio State fans are growing frustrated. Uh, and, and, and I get it. You know, you, the, the goal, I think, every year down there in Columbus and they spell it out, I feel like in the preseason, it's to beat Michigan. And to not do that the last two years, um, you know, has, has been a, a gut punch. Uh, it's been the reason why they haven't won the Big Ten. It's It's been a, you know, at least two years ago is the reason why they didn't get into the playoff. And so I, I, I think, so no, to answer your question, no. Um, I, I think the better question maybe to ask here is, will he be on the hot seat if they lose again this November? Then the 
your pressure will be on. Um, I, I think it's on to some degree with the fan base now. I think some of it might be overblown. It just the, it's the you know, extent of how things are nowadays with fans. They want immediate success. They want immediate victories. They want they want you to beat the rival every year. And we got to put things in a context here. You know, it's Jim Harbaugh went five straight years without being Ohio State, and he wasn't fired. Now, obviously, different circumstances. I, I think he's got a little bit more curry, a little bit more favor with the Michigan fan base, the Michigan administration, being that he's a former player and everything. He's well beloved and everything else. So I think maybe Ryan Day probably has a shorter leash than obviously a Jim Harbaugh does. But to, you know, to fire the guy after two back to back losses to your arch rival or even three, I, I think would be a little too much. Nonetheless, I, I do think there's pressure on him. I, I think he, Ryan Day acknowledges, you know, this situation. Uh, he hasn't run from it to his credit. I mean, look, he, he changed his defensive coordinator last year because of the loss to Michigan. So, um, no, but I, I do think that the fire is beginning to burn a little bit. And to be clear, let's just say like the hot seat, like he's not going to get fired before this season starts. I think to be on a hot seat means like, yeah, if you don't have the good season this year, then is that it for you? So, so Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's that it's overblown on, on both sides. I've had Michigan fans say like, Oh, when we beat Ohio state again this year, like Ryan day will be gone. And then on the Ohio state side, it's if we lose to Michigan for three straight games, he's got to be gone. Um, But like, I mean, what more uh, more do you want besides him beating Michigan? I mean, they were a field goal away from winning a national championship last year. I mean, isn't that the main goal? Like, yeah, it stinks to lose your rival, but I mean, don't you want the ring, the national championship ring, even more than that? And um, yeah, like you guys said, I mean, Harbaugh had five straight losses to Ohio State and was blown out in two of their best seasons, giving up 500 plus yards in each. So I don't know. I mean, I could see. Let's say they lost to Michigan again this year and they had a lull in recruiting this cycle, but that's not the case. Like he's still recruiting at an incredibly high level and they're still beating Michigan for some top prospects too. So in order to be fired, I think in this, if you're still producing results, if you lose four straight to your rival with two of them at home, okay, maybe it's time to move on. But like, even if they go into Ann Arbor this year and, and lose a close game, I mean, Michigan's expected to have their best, most talented team out of these past three years. So I, I don't think you can judge someone's job off, off of that, but maybe if they lose an, a, another game or two this year that they shouldn't maybe, but like I'm looking at the recruiting class they're bringing in right now, it ranks number one in average prospect ranking in the entire country. So that's telling me, they still have momentum. Kids still want to go there, and they're still bringing in top talent. So, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit overblown at, at this point. And I, I think he should get at least two more years and then maybe reevaluate. But you brought up a couple of good points. And I think one being, especially this past year, the fact that they were still able to get in the playoff despite losing to Michigan and essentially becoming a, a field goal away from getting to the national championship, I think in a way took some of the sting off the loss to Michigan um, because I, I think the assumption every year, especially the last few years, if you can beat Michigan and get you in the Big Ten championship game and then obviously catapult you in the playoff, that isn't really going to be the case now going forward. You know, Obviously, this year will be the, the, the last year you can do that, but the, with the, the playoff expansion – I think and the potential for back-to-back games against Michigan uh, in, the, in the Big Ten Championship, I think in a way it takes away some of that. 
Um, nonetheless, I mean, look, Ohio State still wants to beat Michigan every year. It's a stated goal. It's their number one priority. They stay in every year. So it's not different. And then the recruiting thing. Um, you know, go back to last since Ryan Day took over as head coach at Ohio State. Recruiting class in 2020, number five, 2021, number two, 2022, number four, 2023, number four, and then right now they're number two. So they're still humming. I mean, they're still bringing in legit, legit prospects, top tier guy players. I mean, they beat Michigan out for a top tier uh, uh, lineman the other day. They're still recruiting at a high level. Nothing has changed. The culture seems fine, intact. They just, the last two years, they've had a blip and lost to Michigan. I know whether that continues remains to be seen. We'll see it in November, but I'm not ready to put Ryan Day there. I think he's a really good coach. Uh, He's a good motivator of players, I think. They've just had a schematic challenge the last two years against the Wolverines, uh, and and that's really been the difference. Yeah, I mean, I could see turning up the heat if he was recruiting well and not producing any results, and yeah, I'm looking at you, Jimbo Fisher, but I mean, OSU has still been a national title contender every year. And, and to go to the recruiting point, the previous few cycles, yeah, they've had top five classes, but they were definitely offense heavy with, with most of their top prospects. But if you look at it this year, they're really beefing up on the defensive side of the ball. And like Aaron just said, they just landed five-star defensive tackle, Justin Scott, really out of the blue. Like no one was expecting him to announce that when he did. And people thought he was going to Michigan. People earlier thought he was possibly going to Miami or Notre Dame. And all of a sudden he goes on a visit to Ohio State and is like, yep, all right, I'm joining this class. And, I mean, they also recently got Ohio's top-ranked player and four-star cornerback Bryce West, a top Michigan target. And we'll probably get the number two player in the state, too, and four-star corner Aaron Scott, who Michigan is trying to, to lure, to, or lure uh, to Ann Arbor as well. But he announced he's announcing – his decision on July 30th, which is also his father's birthday, who is a big Ohio State fan. So it would be pretty surprising to me to see him do that and pick Michigan. So uh, this by that alone, it's looking like Scott's probably leaning towards Ohio State. And not only that, they're also the favorite to land five-star edge Dylan Stewart and five-star defensive lineman Edric Houston. So they're got the number one class right now by average prospect ranking, and there looks like they're only going to add to it. And look, Michigan has improved drastically on the recruiting trail this cycle. There's no doubting that they're making headway in Ohio. Getting Jordan Marshall was a huge land, the the top 100 player who's a running back. Um, Their most recent commit, Elias Rudolph, who committed last week, he had an Ohio State offer. But Michigan's still not on the same level recruiting wise as Ohio State. And if if Ohio State continues to recruit at a high level, the the results are going to come and you're going to be able to continue to put guys in the NFL and get wins, in my opinion. You know, Gene Smith, the Ohio State athletic director, actually, you know, addressed this here. He spoke with with the newspaper and said, you know, that day was not on the hot seat. But, you know, he also then said, yes, you know, recognize he needs to start beating Michigan and, you know, winning these playoff games and winning national championships, too. It's, it's, such, it's such a funny, such a big thing to say, like, oh, yeah, I mean, been doing great. What more do you want? Like just beating Michigan, right? Well, yep, yeah, yes, that that is what they want. That that's kind of everything. Um, I was looking, you know, there is a there's there's a website devoted to this, coacheshotseat.com. Um, and they have they have as many, they have 30 coaches that are on the hot seat right now, um, and another five on the edge of the hot seat. Um, Ryan Day is not one of those. He is at number 105 at safe in the safe for now category uh you guys want to guess where jim harbaugh ranks out of the 131 fbs coaches so you know if you're one you're you're the hottest if you're 131 you're very safe 
Probably near the bottom. All right. Uh, 99. I will have the caveat that this isn't a normal year because he's coming off of the NCAA potential violations and everything else. So maybe that makes it worse, but I'm, I'm going to guess near the bottom. Yes, he is. Yes. He, he said 90 something, Zook. 99. Yeah. Really, really near the bottom. He's 130. There is only one coach that is uh, safer than him right now. That wow. is. Kirby Smart of Georgia. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, uh, just just according according to that. Um, but, yeah, I was actually I was with an Ohio State fan this past weekend. And, you know, he just expects Ohio State to be to be very, very good this year. You know, like national championship potentially, you know, good. And, you know, that that would obviously change things. But, you know, you guys both touched on something that I think is interesting. It's that, you know, with more teams coming into the conference and, you know, getting rid of, uh, you know, the divisions and you know, still having the Big Ten championship game and an expanded playoff, you know, how does that change things? Because, yeah, as Aaron said, like the path to a national championship, you had to win that game, you figured, you know, to to get to the Big Ten championship and therefore the playoff and and win it. But that's just not going to be the case anymore, you know, with eight teams. uh, Heck, even last year with four teams, you know, you you saw them both get in. So, um, yeah, you kind of value which one means more. I mean, ideally you want you want both. I mean, Ohio State could have could have yeah made that field goal, gone to the national championship, beat TCU, said they were the national champions. But you don't think Michigan and Michigan fans would have still said, yeah, great. Well, we still beat you. Like so, no matter what, you you know you can hang your hat on something. But it, it does change things a little bit, right? When when suddenly your bigger goals are still in play, even if you lose the game. I think in this rivalry, I think both teams, both programs, both fan bases want it all. So they do want to win the game. They want to win the national championship. They want to win the Big Ten. They want it all. Um, But you're right. I think with the elimination divisions and the potential of Michigan-Ohio State meeting twice before the playoff even begins, I I do think it cools in in some regard maybe some of the national attraction of the the rivalry game at the end of November. I don't think the fan bases are going to change. I think they're still going to be rabid. I still think they're going to obsess over the game. They're still going to tune in and everything else. But I do think some of those typical national implications that we're used to may, in a, in a way, kind of go away. Um, you know, when, when the playoff goes to 12 teams, because I guess the assumption is if both programs are good, they're both going to get in anyway, whether they win or lose that game at the end of November. So um, I don't think it changes much locally. I think we're still going to obsess over it. I think the fans are still going to be, it's still going to be a big deal, but I do think the, the, the casual, maybe college football fan or the, the fan who tunes in because they know they hear about the rivalry or the fact that maybe both teams are ranked in the top five and the, and the winner in previous years has become a quasi playoff game. I think it cools some of that, but other than that, I mean, it, people are still going to obsess over it. No doubt about it. I think this year's game is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be, I mean, like you said, the last year before the expansion, I mean, Ohio State could have five, six, seven first-round picks next year. Michigan is absolutely loaded. It's it's only July, but, I mean, it's hard not to kind of start looking forward to, to that game because it could be pretty remarkable. Of course, it, uh, yeah, it all, it all relates to Jim Harbaugh because, you know, as Aaron mentioned, uh, you know, he he was on the hot seat at because of losses to Ohio State, but it was it was more. It wasn't just two. Uh, so um, it, it's interesting. Michigan obviously stuck with him, and it and it worked out. Um, you know, there's the other differences too. That Jim Harbaugh, you know, been a head coach for many years before that, and kind of had the track record of success. And and Ryan Day, as as Jim Harbaugh pointed out, you know, he liked to say he was he was born on third base, so he inherited this program from from Urban Meyer. And you know, was he really? 
you know, the reason for this, their success, but um, yeah, you can't deny the, the, the numbers 45 and six overall, like we said. So yes, we'll see, we'll see how this game goes. And it's, it's another point too. I just thought of it's kind of hard, hard not to wonder what, this narrative would be like if they played that 2020 game, because there's, there was no way Michigan was even going to keep that game close with, with just how beat up Michigan was and how dominant Ohio state was that season. So if Friday day's two and two right now, instead of one and two, I mean, maybe we're not even having this conversation because that one in 2019, I mean, they absolutely hammered Michigan too in his first year there. So, I mean, that should buy him a little bit of time because Harbaugh didn't, it was 0 and 5. He didn't have any wins against him. At least they has proven that he can beat Michigan in Ann Arbor. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that that should play a little bit of a factor too. But again, people in rivalries have very short memories and, and are more about the now. So, but that's, I think that COVID year might have changed things a little bit too. I, I agree. I think it'd be a fair question to ask, but would Jim Harbaugh even be here right now if that 2020 game was played? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It seemed like the Michigan administration was willing to give the, the Jim and, and the coaching staff a pass for 2020, but obviously they, they Ward Manuel felt like changes needed to be made. And hence Jim's total, you know, um, you know, house cleaning of the coaching staff after that year, including defensive coordinator, Don Brown. So yeah, if that game, took place. I mean, Jim, would, I don't think there's any doubt he would have been 0-6. I think it probably would have been a blowout. The fans would have been more up in arms over over the lack of success against the Buckeyes. So, yeah, whether Jim, maybe Jim wouldn't be here right now. Um, Yeah, I'm not saying you guys are wrong, but I'm just not, I don't know. It's like almost like a given that Michigan, you knew Michigan was going to lose that game. It doesn't count in the official records as such, but you knew you knew what kind of team Michigan had and you know, that, that they weren't probably going to be competitive in that game to actually you know, witness it happening. I'm not sure, you know, what really that would have changed, but you, you could be right. All right. We've got uh, NBA Summer League uh, coming up. It starts tomorrow, Friday night uh, in Las Vegas. You got, you got nine Wolverines uh, competing. You can, you can see the full list uh, at MLive.com slash Wolverines. A lot of former machine guys will be will be playing because you got a lot of young players in the league, and then you know even a guy like DJ Wilson has been been around for a little while, but you know trying to audition and, and kind of you know get back in the NBA after being more of a, a G League presence in recent years. Uh, when was DJ Wilson's last year in Michigan? 2017 uh traffic yeah 2016 Jeez. 17 season. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, one, one right. of the older guys in in summer league for sure. So yeah, you can you can. Read again all, all these topics we've, we've hit on are, are mentioned in various stories on mlive.com slash Wolverine. So you'll we'll hope you'll read our content there. And thank you for listening to this episode of Wolverine Confidential. <laughs>